Welcome to the podcast of Catholic Marriage A to Z, where we cover topics of Catholic marriage from A to Z and everything in between. We are Audrey and Zach Peters, a young Catholic couple shedding light on the realities of Catholic marriage as we try to live it to the fullest. Unfiltered, personal, and authentic. Follow along with us every week as we dive into different topics surrounding Catholicism and marriage. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oof. It's good to see you. You too. Uh, I've already seen you for the past like two hours or so. so. Yeah, that's true. Just to give you guys some insight, I was just at the NCAA Men's Gymnastics Championships. Ooh. So I was I was there for too long. Uh, five days? Question mark. Yeah, five days. Uh, so I just got back, and it's good to be back recording and being with my wife and getting to talk with y'all about. I mean, kind of, kind of NCAA's, but that that's just like a a minor thing. But yeah, I mean, NCAA's is cool, but your wife is cooler, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that was really cool. What was your favorite part about NCAA's? Honestly, we were complaining a little bit about all the craziness. Just to give you guys a little bit of a backstory, we we didn't qualify as a team, unfortunately. Uh, your first year program just it was the cards didn't stack for us too too well, but we're hungry. Anyways, we qualified uh, nine individuals who competed about 18 routines total. And with that being said, instead of rotating as a team, they just pick guys off into other rotations at the same time. So there is a rotation where we had four guys going and, and all the individuals go first. So all of my boys were going first up on every event. And on the third rotation, there was four at once. So I'm like... I have to help get someone up. I mean, it was just nuts. And uh, of course, during that rotation, one of our athletes stuck his vault, and which is a big deal. And he made finals with, with it because of it. And I missed that completely. Didn't see it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I saw a video later. But anyways, I guess like at first we were like, oh man, but like it was kind of fun. Like just uh, be a part of it and be moving and just to see all the great gymnastics of, of what my guys were doing, what they've worked on all year. It was great to be a part of that, and I don't know. I think that was just my favorite part was uh, being a part of the NCAA experience on the coaching side for once. Again, like sit back and watch some great gymnastics, I might add, and to have a different thing to worry about than to put my hand up and compete at the biggest meet of my life. So it, it was really cool just to be a part of it and to see my boys go out and represent GU very well. Take the pressure off a little bit. That you yeah. didn't have to compete. No, for sure. I mean, it it, make, it changes everything. So, yeah, it was it was great. Awesome. Yeah, it was a great meet to watch. I stayed home, and I watched it with a friend, and we had like three different screens going at once. So mm. we were like ultimate gymnastics fans, you know, like pop into all these different streams because, kind of like Zach said, there were times where like three or four guys would be going at the exact same time in opposite corners of the gym for those who don't kind of know the setup. So it was fun. We got to be super fans. We also missed the vault that actually made finals because that was, we only had three screens. We didn't have four. So yeah, yeah, that was unfortunate. So everybody missed that, but it was a great vault. So (laughs) that's great. (laughs) Yeah. And the reason why we're talking about all of this is as, as we are, Barely explaining, you know, again, it was a very crazy meet, crazy experience and bouncing back and forth. It goes right aligned with about what we're talking about today. And that is our state of limbo the past 
We're in limbo. Yeah, still are. It's mm-hmm. a little little better now, but still are. Um, but it's probably been like this for a month. Yeah. I don't even remember. I don't even know time anymore. Okay. That's good. <laughs> so when you say limbo, that that's mm-hmm. kind of a scary term. It actually, funny enough, it used to be a Catholic term, I think, for infants that died before um, getting baptized, funny enough. It wasn't really like a theological thing, but people thought that they would go to limbo because they didn't get baptized. And now we don't really believe in that. Like we believe they go to heaven because straight to heaven. Yeah. yeah, Because of like God's mercy and everything. But people were like really freaked out. Is that where the term state of limbo comes from? It might be. Oh, I think limbo is definitely a Catholic term. Well, if you if you all stick around, we will find that out. And that'll be one of the first things we talk about next week's podcast. So, yeah. Because I'm, I'm curious. I think that'd be cool to, cool to know. I know it was definitely at least like a, a cultural Catholic kind of, kind of term. Oh wow. That has kind of been disproven now oh. by the church because they don't really believe that babies are just kind of floating in the air. Right. Who didn't get to get baptized? Like we believe in God's mercy and everything. Yeah, anyways, for sure. up until a pretty big age. Yeah. Yeah. But not so, the point of today. But anyways, yes, tangent. But know. when we talk about limbo, what do we mean? Yeah, I think a common theme you'll hear today is trying to put it the most eloquent way possible is being comfortable with sacrificing important things in your life in order to do what God is calling you to do. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you like that? Well, I was just thinking about it, you know, just to give like a small example, we, we, we've talked about this probably like half our podcast for some reason, but I am like a neat freak. I do I do like things <laughs> clean, like whether it's the laundry or anything, anything at all. And it makes me feel less stressful, just allows one less thing I have to worry about. Yeah, our house has not been clean up until, sorry, this weekend. Audrey did a very good job of putting things together, Thanks. I will say. That's why I stayed and, home, just to clean. But That's not the only reason, but <laughs> it did help. Yes. So, But before that, it, it was horrible. You know, we had come from conference, a wedding, me leaving again. I mean, just back to back to back on top of everything else we're doing. And... It was just bad. We just didn't care, didn't have time. And I, you know, I know Audrey was like, oh, I want to be there for you. I want to help you out. I want to, it's like, it's okay. We'll be fine. But for me personally, like I had a pile of clothes in my bed, reshuffled through, restocked, probably, oh my gosh, longer than a month. Like I'm trying to think when my parents came here, hopefully not listening because I just put stuff (laughs) in the closet. Maybe like a month ago. I don't know. Yeah, it would have been like maybe a week before the whenever we did the laundry that time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's probably just been the whole season, honestly. It just, yeah. Yeah, bad. it's just been crazy, and I think you know we both came from college athletic backgrounds, and we understand traveling and meets and stuff. And yeah, I guess it takes a lot on you, but I don't know. It's still like fun and everything. And now stepping back and us being old and coming from more of the coaching side of it and having jobs on top of everything, at least, you know, this is your job, but I have jobs on top of it. Right. All of the travel is a lot. So Zach's basically been traveling from January to April straight, and there's still a little bit more to go. It'll ease up a lot here soon. Yeah. But yeah, with like small breaks in between, it's been a lot um, just because of meets and everything. And it's been, you know, so great. Like competition season for him has been so great. It's been 
you know, me watching from the outside, it's been so great to support him and to see all the energy that your team brings and just the cool things that right. you and your team have gotten to do. But yeah, you really underestimate just how much your coaches put in and how much your coaches' families put in because it's a lot. And yeah. maybe I'm just old. I don't know. Maybe it just affects me more I, I nowadays. Mean, I mean, no, like the, you know, since ECA season, you know, obviously I try my best to have, oh, oh, oh my gosh, I try my best to have off weeks for my boys. But like the past three, I mean, I've basically worked or traveled the past 21 days straight, you know, and that takes, that takes a toll. And even on the weeks that like we, we didn't have back-to-back meets, which only happened uh, twice this year, you know, those weeks that you are, you're working the weekends. So you're working 13 days in a row. And like, that's, that's a lot on top of, you know, like we do put a lot of emphasis on resting on weekends. So not only am I working that many days in a row, I'm losing that time that I would normally rest and recover and spending, especially on Sundays that we try our best to have our Sabbath. So I think that's also been part of the limbo for us is we haven't had those days to step back and relax or to, you know, do a few chores here and there on a Saturday uh, after practice. Uh, but that, that's been non-existent because you've either gone to meets or you've been here, but you, you got your own stuff or it's just hard and all right, you know, you can't do everything yourself. You know, it's, it's just a lot. So I think that's been very difficult for us the past month, especially. Yeah. It's just crazy. And it's definitely, it's a sacrifice, but I like what you said in the beginning. It's a very good sacrifice. Like you, it's not like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it's definitely been a lot, but I feel great making the sacrifice because I know how much you care for your team and how much, you feel that God's will is calling you to to lead this team and to coach this team. And yeah, I can definitely get behind that. And I don't know, I think it helps having an athletic background because I'm like, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, it sucks, but we'll work around it because you have to go to these meets. You have to go to practice. You have to prepare for practice. You have to prepare for these meets. You know, that's not like it's non-negotiable. So as, as much as, yeah, it'd be nice to have a very consistent schedule. That's just not how college athletics works. And I think we can both appreciate that a lot. Yeah. I was literally talking to someone from our church today. He was Protestant prior and I won't, I won't say his name, obviously, but he had a previous marriage and he said he was like a, he was a coach at a high school, I think. And it didn't work out because she didn't understand the, how much the inner and inner workings of being a coach, not just going to practice and doing that. It's there's other things you have to do. I think he had like another job too, so just a lot, but either way, so that's why the marriage didn't work out. And people, I mean, people have asked you and like, oh, how's it being a coach's wife? Because like people expect it to be like this horrible and awful thing. We, we've made it work <laughs> and I try my best to be flexible and allow time with Audrey throughout the week. And, but it, it's a very real thing that, co- you know, coaching in general and, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, but that's, that's kind of the fun part is you have your seasons, but outside of seasons when you try to capitalize on the time you have with your family. So I hope to be doing that starting literally today. So <laughs> You've been doing a good job. So Perfect. Yeah, I think I didn't really – everyone last year and everything, basically since Zach got the job and we got engaged and, you know, it was, things were heading towards me being a coach's wife, everyone was like, oh, good luck, like being a coach's wife and – uh, even my coach at Nebraska said at the banquet, he was talking about his own wife and he's like, yeah, you know, it's not easy. And like, everyone kept saying that. I was like, why is everyone talking to me about that? And I think now, now I realize a little bit like, yeah, it, it takes a toll. It's a lot, but I don't know. I don't want to make it all about me because it's not like, I, I feel very blessed to kind of 
I don't know, ride the coattails, <laughs> like yeah. kind of, you know, like be around the team, um, be around like just the really cool thing that you guys are doing because I don't know, just competition. It's awesome. Like college athletics is awesome and um, getting to be around that. But yeah, I think I understand the sacrifice now. Like yeah. it, it's hard. It's hard to travel that much, but I don't know. You do it because you love it and mm. we love it. So I love the boys. Yeah. They make and, it worth it. And and that's why we're talking about this. You know, we're not this episode isn't meant to be a episode about me and my job and the coaching, but it does play a big factor in where we've been the past month of being okay with sacrificing some of the little things or big things because we're trying you know, we do feel like we've been called here and myself as well to lead these boys and you know, other athletes and people here on campus. So it, that that's why there's a direct route to it. And that that's why like Audrey specifically uh, has allowed me to make those sacrifices, whether it is less time with her, obviously being gone for meets and being late at practice, you know, the, the list could go on of things I've had to do this semester. And she's been nothing but amazing through it. Even if there was a complaint, we talked about it and we worked it through. And usually she still let me keep on doing it because she knows how important it is. And it will get easier. I'll keep on learning more. Again, this is my first real job, first real coaching job, first real everything. So it, it was definitely a learning experience and still is. So Yeah, it definitely is. So when we are in the state of limbo, how how does one figure out what are the important things to hold on to and what can get pushed to the wayside? Because I think too often people get like, you know, you could have gotten very hung up on the fact that the house was not clean. Like certain people do get very hung up on that. So how, I don't know, how do you figure out what, is needed and what is important versus what can be pushed to the side for the good of your marriage and for the good of what God is calling us to do. Man, three things on that. First, it's funny to bring up again. I know we've already talked about it, but like the house was a wreck before I left. It was bad. Yeah. Really bad. It was bad. And Audrey came asking, he's like, Zach, are you sure you're okay? Like, are you sure? Like, cause she knows how I am. And she was like freaking out yeah. for me because she knows how I like it. I was also a little bothered by it too. Like to give you a picture, like there were clothes all everywhere. over the living room. Everywhere. Uh, like everywhere. Like you couldn't walk. Like there were, it, it was bad. Yeah. It was really, yeah. We, yeah, it was bad. But yeah, it, so it was just funny. You kept on asking. I was like, yeah, you know, it's okay. But with that too, so that that's point one. That was just funny because I was good. Point two, if it's something that you directly need, like you cannot live without that, which isn't a lot. But I mean, I'm just being very clear. You still need to eat, which we sometimes miss, yeah. uh, you know, which is not good. Audrey likes to forget. Yes. I so never he, thought you know. I'd be that person, especially being a swimmer. Right. And for how much I yell at you for not eating. Exactly. I'm so, a hypocrite, basically. It, yes. So you need to be eating. You need to be taking care of yourself, whether it's you know, bathing, showering, all that stuff. Like you got to be doing that. Whatever other basic needs you need. You're doing your job. Like not just putting off all your tasks. Like you got to be doing that. So do that. Third, most importantly, is your relationship with Jesus, which definitely did. I might even say take a toll. It was just very unique. I felt like my time this semester was very rushed with him, and that led to me praying less, which was a problem. Definitely, it it got a little bit better towards the end, and I, I started finding better times and a different technique in order to pray that I hadn't used previously. But that that can't be sacrificed. Like that's not the first thing that should go. Like 
don't stop going daily mass because you're tired because you have too much work or don't stop praying because you feel like you don't have enough time. That cannot be sacrificed. As much as it could be a quote-unquote time waster or it, it could easily be not, you know, sleep, sleep in more. You know, we don't know what mass times all of y'all have, but I think it can be very easy to get rid of those things because they're not quote-unquote required. And that's the hard part. And I think that's where we'd get stuck is when things aren't required, which a lot, I mean, again, overall, a lot of things are not required in the Catholic faith. You know what I'm saying? Like you you go sin all you want and it's not like it's a requirement to be, you know what I'm saying? Does that that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Versus like you're required to go do your job or else you can get fired. You're required to eat or else you will die. You know, like there's, there's some things out there and, even though your faith and like going to mass and praying, that's more important than anything else that you have going on in your life. Does I don't I don't care. I don't care if you just had quadruplets. Better still be praying. I'm just kidding. Have, have a little mercy. Have a little mercy. But, but no. But like, God is merciful. But yes. Yes. But like you can. Okay. Here's a good way. You can only use that excuse for so long. Maybe the first two weeks, your prayer life and going to mass a little bit difficult for a lot of reasons. But you know, after two or three months, eventually you can't keep on using that saying like oh just had quadruplets like won't be making a trip it's like no no sorry like yeah i don't know i if i feel like it's hard to speak on it right now because we don't have kids yet or yeah. anything so well, that's why i said like two but, or three months though mm-hmm. that's a pretty big time yeah. frame to not be going to mass or not be praying regularly yeah that's you know what i'm true. saying so I'm, I'm giving a pretty pretty big wave of time here mm-hmm. okay again there are four of them though. i the <laughs> What, one month for each yeah. one? So maybe, yeah, basically. Get yeah. yourself some friends and y'all haul up to Daily Mass and make a make a, rack, yeah. a ruckus. But yeah. yeah. No, but either way, I, I think there ha- there is a grace period for some things. But overall, you just can't let it falter. And that's why I've tried to do better. And, and it wasn't perfect and far from it, actually. And that's something that I definitely want to expand on and do better next year. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you said. Um, yeah, too easily, and I think it's Satan messing with us and everything, too easily it's like, oh, I mean, prayer just requires, like, sitting down, or you're like, I'll do it right before bed, and then you're, like, falling asleep, and you're like, God, I love you, and then you're passed out. You're out. Yeah. It's like, that's it. So, yeah, it's it's often the first thing to go, and even when you do it, sometimes it's just like a to-do list thing. Um but if you push it to the side, you'll soon realize, and this is from experience because I know I've done this, you'll soon realize that, you know, that's your lifeblood. Like, that's your oxygen mm. is talking to Jesus, is talking with God. That's what's going to get you through the craziness. That's what's going to get you through the limbo Right, is talking with God. I remember, yeah, I mean, being a college athlete, you know, life is crazy. Like, we were full-time students, and... Yeah, like swimming 20 hours a week and doing, I was in several clubs, several commitments on top of that, running a Bible study. It was crazy. It was similar to now. Honestly, it felt a little bit easier. Um, and I think maybe it was because we we had adoration at church all day long, which is, that is nuts. That does not happen very often. We were very lucky for it. Right. We had adoration all day long and I would just go, at, or I'd go right after my practice and I would go sit there for Usually I only had like 30 minutes in my day to go sit there before mass and yeah, just be in silence and pray. And 
again, not everyone has that setup, but like that time to just breathe and to pray, I began to crave it. You know, that's really what got me into the faith. And that's what made me start liking is just finding that silence and finding that time to pray. So I feel like nowadays my motto has been like trying to find the silence, trying to find stillness in your day, in your life, in your surroundings, and to get that time with God. Because it's not normal for a church to have adoration all day. Some of them do, which is really cool. And if you are close to one, I encourage you to go there. But even if the church is open and the monstrance is not out, you know, Jesus is still there in the tabernacle in any Catholic church that you go in. Right. We believe that Jesus is in the tabernacle in the form of the consecrated host, the consecrated bread. So Jesus is there. So go find that stillness, go find that stillness and pray. And even if you can't get into a church, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's like a park near you that's very quiet, or maybe there is a spot in your house that's really quiet. Find that silence and whether you're staring at him in the monstrance in physical presence or if you're seeing him through the Holy Spirit, he's always with you through the Holy Spirit. God is always with you through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, I don't know. You, you, yeah, it's easy to forget, but you need it. Yeah. I think you bring up a, an important topic of you don't necessarily need adoration in front of the Eucharist to pray. You know, and I know people know that. But a lot of people do crave that or do have that as like their go-to, but there are plenty of other ways to do so. And maybe that's different for people in different places. They get more relaxed by the waves coming down. And if you live near an ocean or a lake, whatever. Jealous. Yeah. Well, there's that. But that's fine. Well, yeah, but maybe some people <laughs> find that distracting, whereas like you being in a park, you know, that may, I don't know. It just depends. But one thing I do want to mention that's not really talked about enough, and I think, I, I think especially like in the Catholic faith, it literally says in scripture that like God tells you like go go in your room like close the door and pray to me and talk with me, you know. Again, that was in reference to uh, the the Pharisees, Sadducees, like them trying to show out, show out to everyone else, like oh look at me, I'm praying, like I'm... praying very publicly. Yes, in the so the, it it was a the, so to give to give context to be the devil's advocate here, you know, it was in that light of no, don't do that. But it, it's still the beauty in his point saying that. It's meant to be that relationship and that coming to him together, the two of you. And there's nothing wrong with going behind closed doors, like whether it's a place in your house or just wherever you want that to be. Like There's nothing wrong with that. That can be hard. I'm not saying that's not easy. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not hard, but it can still be just as meaningful and peaceful under the right circumstances. Yeah, definitely. With enough practice, that's what I'll say. Yeah. So, I know. I don't know. Um, Zach, you mentioned that you have had to find different ways to pray and different ways to find, to have that relationship with God during this time. What are some instances where you were able to find that or what have you been doing differently? You're really trying to just call me out here and tell him, huh? Well, I just ranted for a while, yeah, so no, you that's get true. to now. Yeah, so, you know, just a little insight for me. Um, I've been doing a 12-year novena. I don't know what day I started. I, I, that would be helpful. To well, because I started it, I stopped it, and then there we had the. I'm still working on the working on all these terms. This solemnity of Mary. Probably, yeah, probably. there's a bunch of them. Yeah, well, one of the big Mary days. Yep. Uh, we'll go with that. It, it kind of helped me refocus and reaffirm. So I know the day, 
like what day it was in terms of what we celebrate in the church because we, we went to mass that night. So I just have to go back to that. But so I think it's been a little over six months now, and I have been struggling. I was struggling to find time, whether it was at night, whether it was in the morning, middle of the day, just too tired, just all this and that. Um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll get to the gym and I'll do it right away when no one's there yet. Usually I'll just go in my small, smaller office, which I never visit, but that is what serves the purpose. But one thing I've been trying to do as I've been trying to memorize it better and which makes it easier to do versus reading it straight from the book or straight from my writings is like in between turns or right before someone's about to go, like about to watch, I'll say a line or two or one part of the novena. And that's made it a little bit easier. I've actually heard this method, not through this novena, but through the rosary, um, whether it's when they pray for other people as they're driving or as they're like going throughout their day, if they have like a, a time of silence or meditation, they say one of even just one Hail Mary real quick. And that's how they go about their day. And so I've been trying to incorporate that to not think like, oh, I'm going to take 20 minutes to pray right now. Instead, I shift that out and it might be over a four hour period where I, I finish a prayer that would only be, you know, 15, 20 minutes total, but it's directing it at, well, A, at my athletes, but B, it makes it that I actually do it and get through it. So. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I know, I don't know the exact line, but I know section four of the catechism, like the fourth big part, there's only four total. It talks all about prayer and prayer life and they say something, and again, I'm paraphrasing, so go back and read it, but they say something that, like, the best kind of prayer is the prayer that you bring throughout your day, mm. you know, that you bring prayer into everything you do. Like, it's not just, you know, sitting down and taking that intentional time with Jesus. I think that's needed, if possible, but, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe you are the mom of quadruplets, and they just came out of you, like, a couple days ago, you know, like... Right you probably don't have that time to sit there in silence for 30 minutes. But bringing prayer into everything you do or making everything that you do offered up to God or offered up as a prayer. And it could I think that's beautiful how, I mean, it kind of intertwines with your coaching, that your coaching becomes a prayer, becomes an offering to God, becomes a way to worship him. Right. And, it, yeah, it could be anything. I've heard, like, breastfeeding moms you know, they, yeah, like when they're breastfeeding, you're sitting there for a few minutes and they offer that up as a prayer, like, Lord, I'm feeding my baby, like, um, bless this or like, you know, just asking for intercessions, whatever you would do normally in prayer. Yeah. And it may not look as traditional as maybe reading out of a devotional or um, maybe doing a rosary, maybe not. But there's a lot of different ways that it can take place. So I think that's really cool. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's the difference is when you're in limbo. You might have to do things differently. You might have life throwing you everything. You might be out and about, moving, moving and grooving, doing everything under the Lord's sun, but trying to find things and doing doing them differently rather than because you can't make time. Unfortunately, you can't uh, add hours to the day, add minutes to the day, but you can rework things and how you are going about your daily life in order to make to in order to have that time to do something. Whether it's something like me where I don't have. 25 individual minutes. And whether that's my fault or not, I guess I could get up at 4 a.m. Again, disclaimer. That is... See, but I'm then just, at some point, like, you know, you're human, you know, you need sleep. I, I agree, which is why <laughs> I don't do that. But, again, I maybe I don't have that 30 minutes, you know, because we, well, we go to Mass, so there's that, you know, let's say, 
750 to 840-ish, but there's a good 50 minutes there. But I don't have, I usually don't have 30 minutes my day that I feel stressed or I feel relaxed enough to do that. But I could find 31-minute little times to offer up a quick prayer to keep on going with the prayer with the novena. Like, there are options. It's just thinking more creatively. Oh, my gosh. Thinking more creative about it. I think that's what's different because, like, you know, we're not really taught that because that's not maybe the more traditional route. But, like, there's nothing wrong with only praying for a minute. I mean, if you do it constantly throughout your day, is there really a difference? And I'm actually, I'm A, it's rhetorical, but B, actually, I'm actually asking you. Yeah. Like, I, I know. I think I talked to my missionary back in Nebraska, Christine, about this a lot. Uh, not a lot. I think it was one conversation. But I... I'll bring a story into this as well. I was going to trials and I that was around the time where I was really trying to become more invested in my faith and trying to be more consistent in everything. I was asking her because this was a it was a pretty long ordeal. It was like a week long meet and just stuff was crazy. So I was asking her, I was like, How do I pray for thirty minutes throughout the day when I'm going to the biggest meet of my life? And she's like, Well, like it looks different and I think her answer to what you're saying is ideally, yes, he would sit down for 30 minutes in silence or in adoration or whatever, because I think more of like a focus thing, like, yeah. you know, you are intentionally spending that time. You are focusing your, you can probably dive in more. Deeper. To, yeah. I was, I was yeah. Say that, you can that, probably dive in deeper and be yeah. able to talk to Jesus and respond better. That would be ideal. But if you can't, you know, like we said before, offering up what you are doing as a prayer, like maybe like before my race, I think I, I tried praying before my race for the first time, like in, we call it the ready room. Like there's a little room that you go in before they, they walk you out and parade you out for some of these bigger meets, some of these bigger races. So, um, just being in silence there and praying. I hadn't really done a lot of that before. Um, I don't know, maybe like right when you wake up, like praying for a little bit, if you're in a hotel or just getting ready to get ready for the meet, you know, like just finding little spots, uh, a lot of people like visualize sometimes with music and stuff. You could even before you get into that room, you could try and pray a little bit. Uh, I know I listen to the rosary sometimes on a podcast. I think it's called the prayer podcast. So shout out to them. I'll probably link it down in the notes. The prayer podcast they have, they go through the rosary. It was literally just the first thing I pulled up when I mm. searched rosary podcast. So they sure. go through the rosary and someone says it. Sometimes that's easier. Like if you're driving or you're distracted and you still want to go through the rosary, you still want to meditate on it. But sometimes you're not in a space where you can really run through it and talk out loud with it, even though that, that's, again, the ideal. So there's a, there's just a lot of different ways to be creative mm-hmm. with it, I feel like. No, I like that. That's good. It's not what we should strive for, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it if it's in a different way. I think that's good. I think more importantly, in my opinion, is going into depth of it. That's a great point. And I won't go too far into that, but that makes sense. But yeah, and so that that's definitely where, you know, when we talk about having too much thrown at you, and that's, you know, as we did this podcast, one of the things that we really wanted to do was share, again, our are very real and in person or live feelings about what's happening. And you know, so that, that's why this podcast even came to be is because of that. I mean, we wouldn't have had this idea about talking about this and going through this if it wasn't for the past three weeks, especially 
yeah, for this entire season of just the craziness. And I think that that's the beauty of of doing this is I literally told Audrey that the second we got home and I came back, went to church finally for the first time in a few days just for the craziness, I, I just felt like such a weight lifted off. And it's already been easier like just to relax at home, not wanting to like check my email or, you know, it, I don't know. I, I can't put a finger on it too much. It's only been a day. <laughs> and I did work a lot today, but like, it's just, it's a different, it's a different feeling. And I think that's something else that I wanted to touch on was like the, the, the after feeling. I don't know what the best terminology for that would be, but. Getting the, out of limbo. Yeah. Yeah. That's something like, <laughs> would be another better word for that. I, I'm not creative on the spot. The pro, yeah, I, it's fine. <laughs> I, but yeah, that, that's you know probably one of the last things I want to talk about today on the podcast is talking about the after. Because. A, I'm literally in it right now as we're doing this podcast. And B, I, I want to be careful myself because I think it might get really easy to be like, nope, I'm not doing anything today. I'm good. Season's over. I'm out of limbo. I'm good to go. Audrey cleaned the house for me. Now I just got to maintain it. That's easy. I, I can maintain very well. It's when it piles up on me. That's when I start to shut down. But trying to make sure that like, A, not not only do the things that you should be doing, like going to mass, like praying, whatever you gotta do for your job. I still have, I still have a job. Don't worry. Okay, I'm. Are you sure? Okay, contrary, yeah, contrary to Audrey's beliefs, I, I am still working. <laughs> Voluntary practices, anyways. And, <laughs> uh, but if anything, you should be utilizing this time. I should be utilizing this time to my advantage. So maybe there's that extra thing I need to be doing, whether it's for my boys or whether it's for our Bible study, whether it's for praying more. You know, being more intentional, like. I don't know what that uh, looks like just yet. I don't. But not just trying to get back to normal and get back to like a flow, whereas still trying to push myself, but in a much different way. Something that's still not necessarily stressful, but still, again, trying to change the kingdom. Again, just because our season's over doesn't mean my, my job, like with these boys or with what we're doing here at GU is done. And so I think that, that's like an important topic that I want to touch on is whenever you feel like you've had that space, that period of, just life's throwing everything at you. You're 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 not putting anything away. You've had laundry for four months. You've I don't know. Maybe you've been eating out every night for two weeks straight. Again, no no judgment, but that doesn't mean that once you're out of it, that you can just stop. You have to utilize that. And maybe there's a little bit of a break. Okay, again, somewhere we're talking about before quadruplets. Again, take your time. But <laughs> there's got to be a, a point where you're like, okay, I have this time now. I have this you know, period of being a little bit more relaxed, less stressed. Like what can I utilize this now in order to make my life better for either myself, my family, others in the future with what I have now? Yeah. I, I think that is a good point that I didn't think of. Um, yeah. I mean, with prayer and with anything in life, there are periods of waiting and periods of doing. And I think we just came off of a very strong period of doing where sometimes you kind of just got to go on autopilot and perform tasks and to do your job and to, and to, I don't know, evangelize or to do work for the kingdom. And now we are slowly shifting into more of a period of waiting. You're going to wait until the next season. Um, yeah, we're, we're waiting for a lot of things. And, you know, it's just it ebbs and flows. And so now is the time. We have more time, you know. 
maybe you can now sit for 30 minutes or 40 or 50 or an hour, do a holy hour, all of that, build up prayer. You know, maybe for some people you get that devotional and write stuff down. I really like doing devotionals, but again, it is when I have enough time. Yeah. You know, that's definitely very much you need time to do them. So I very much like them. Um, you know, maybe journaling, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a way for you to go deeper. Maybe there's a way for someone to evangelize in a time where it's more of a period of waiting, more of a period of you're doing less of your clear calling and what God is asking you to do. Maybe there's another way that you can branch out. So just being aware of what are your capabilities at the moment? Cause you don't have to do everything yeah. all at once. You know, and I, I'm telling this to myself because I tend to love to do that. Me and my six side hustles. Yeah. Basically, that's all that's all my life is just side hustles. It's it's great. Um, You know, you don't have to do everything all at once. So when you're in a period of limbo, like what are the things that you absolutely need to do that God is calling you to do that absolutely need to happen? You know, those could be marriage, duh, your relationship with God, your family your job. Those are kind of the big ones. And then maybe, you know, I can't speak for everyone's circumstance, but what are the things you have to do? And then whenever you have more time, yeah, go and try something new. Try, I don't know. It could look like surfing. I don't know. That's what what I'm about to do here in two months. Yeah. Or three months. Uh, That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You were just thinking about surfing. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) That's, that's perfect. So, you know, we, we hope that we can try and continue to put more effort into our podcast. And, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, we, we're even getting a little burnt out. And I, I'm i putting this on the air only because I want to be real with you all. And that it was hard. I mean, we, we love doing this. And, we and you know, we have, again, have heard a lot of great stuff. And that's always really reassuring to hear. But, you know, when, when Audrey's looking at all, all of our side hustles and all of the crazy things that we, we do together, it's like, and we, we talked about this a little bit. We have some things that are in the works and we're trying to be patient, as she said. Like, we're worried that something's going to have to give. And we're not saying that's a podcast at all. But it's that now it's like, okay, we're slowing down a little bit. We can reassess everything, look at everything. And that can be hard. <laughs> that can be scary. Looking ahead and thinking, man, we may not be able to do everything that we wanted to do. But there's a reason for it. And maybe there's something else better that we want to try and put our time towards. So... You know, again, this is just being very real with y'all because we don't even know yet. <laughs> we have no idea no. what that's going to be. Well, there's one thing, but I won't, I won't call that out, I guess. But yeah. That's going. Sorry yeah. to that. <laughs> but You're being very vague. Am I allowed to say it? No, I, I don't think. I don't even know what you're talking about, so I don't know. Oh, you know, you're not allowed to say that. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> so, but that, but that is going. Well, this and, is it. <laughs> We are very real here, but not in this instance. Yeah. I'm sorry. I gave her Leave a hand. I gave her a hand gesture, so she knew it. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds like you did something weird. Oh my gosh! Appropriate, what? of course. Okay, <laughs> I gave her an appropriate hand gesture okay. of what she should not be doing. Okay. Bam. Bam. <laughs> oh boy. This is fun. But yes, as you can still see, we are still recovering from yeah mentally. from the limbo. From, yeah. So. But stay tuned. Again, we'll, we'll give you that definition or what we, th- or what Audrey was talking about, the stay of limbo next week if you come and tune in. But again, thanks for the craziness and for listening in and being willing to hear about our crazy lives. And we hope to continue to serve you all. Yeah. We love you guys and we, we love doing this. So, yeah. Till next time. See you soon.
As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow our social media and we'll see you next week.